podcast is brought to you by the good people over at Gamefly. With over 9,000 titles for the PS4, PS3, Xbox One, Xbox 360, Nintendo Switch, Wii, and other consoles, there's no better time for gamers to make the most of their systems by using Gamefly to play all the new and classic games for as little as 32 cents a day. To start your 30-day free trial, head on over to cinemageekly.com slash Gamefly or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. Listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. What's up, Christopher? Maxwell? I gotta be honest. Because I am an honest man. I heard what went down. And the fact that that dribbling little runt would disrespect you like that tonight? Deplorable. Yeah. It is deplorable. It's, 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 quite, it's quite hilarious as well, but especially, you know, coming from you, the, the, the undefeated, undisputed, uncrowned AEW world champion of All Elite Wrestling, all accurate. That, that, that actually means a lot to me. Let me tell you something, Christopher. Mm-hmm. You saying that coming from you? Chris Jericho, the man, the myth, the legend, the champion, come on, baby! Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah! The demo god! That means an awful lot. Yeah, you know, you're pretty great. (laughs) No, 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 Chris, stop it. You're pretty great. (laughs) You're great. No, 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 Chris, you're great, man. So So why'd why'd you call call me a loser? loser? Huh? Why'd you call me a loser? Oh, oh, why'd I call you a loser? I saw it. You said it. Where? Oh, oh, where? Where, Where, Chris? Yeah. I saw it on Twitter. I saw it on Reddit. I saw it on Instagram. What, do you think I'm an idiot? Yeah. Well, you know where I saw it? On dynamite! I didn't do A million people saw you call me a loser. I saw it with my own two eyes. Chris, Chrissy. I was not calling you a loser. I would never do that in a million. Who are you calling a loser? The limo drivers, man. The limo drivers, I mean, they were literally driving so fast, they almost had a head-on collision. Could you imagine if they hurt the two biggest stars in AEW? Losers. Yeah, a, a drop of my latte got onto my leather pants from that loser limo driver. But you know what? I wasn't calling you a loser either. No, I was calling Tony Schiavone a loser, right? <laughs> now that guy's a loser. That's the epitome oh of a loser, God. right? <laughs> now Tony Schiavone's oh, a loser. Look at me, I'm Tony Schiavone. I have an interview. <laughs> uh, uh, you know what, Max? You're all right. You know what, Chris? You're all right. Thanks, Thanks Dasha. Dasha. Brand new episode of the Elitist Cinema Geekly's AEW podcast. It's Anthony Lewis and Nick Montez. Uh, Nick, it's your birthday today too, right? As we record this, yeah, ah, it is. Happy birthday! Thank you. <laughs> what, what better way to celebrate than by getting up really early to talk about pro wrestling <laughs> on a podcast? 
I can think of no better way. Um, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. Oh, thanks, man. I I know you're just saying that. Uh, we're talking about uh, AEW Dynamite on TNT. It's their 52nd episode. I thought it was their 51st until I remembered that they had this episode of Late Night Dynamite. Did you even see this? I heard about it, but the matches didn't really draw me in, so I didn't end up watching it. Yeah, so there were three matches. I don't even know what this was. Was this like something that they had? Um, oh, you know what? I think they had like an episode of Dynamite in store in case like the uh, the NBA playoffs went long and Dynamite had to be cut short, but that didn't happen. And they aired the Dynamite that they had in place uh, as like regularly scheduled. And they just put this on TNT. Was this on like Tuesday or something or? Yep, Tuesday night dynamite. It was like right after the games or something. I yeah. Think. Um. So they had three matches, uh, of which there was a Scorpio Sky versus Ben Carter match, uh, and I think I've only vaguely heard of Ben Carter. I think he's a UK guy, <laughs> but this match on Grapple Nick garnered three point seven three stars. Ooh. So holy cow! I I may have to go out of my way to see that. Uh, there was an Anna J versus Brandy Rhodes match that got two and a half stars. And uh, the main event was Sean Spears versus Matt Seidel, which got uh, 2.88 stars. So a couple of average matches and one really good one, it sounds like. Yeah. Uh, to start things off. So speaking of starting things off, let's start things off with uh, a tag match on Dynamite this week. Kip Sabian and the best man, Miro, making his in-ring debut, taking on Bad Romance, Sonny Kiss, and Joey Janela, who uh, had an inset promo where at the end, Joey Janela laughed like a maniacal villain. I don't know why, because <laughs> he's a babyface, but he did. Uh, well, this match, Nick, uh, pretty standard to begin, right? Uh a fairly standard tag match. In fact, that was the case on this show. There was a, a lot of things that felt very samey to me, but mm -hmm. a, a standard tag match, mostly a showcase for Miro early on. Uh, then Miro gets dumped to the outside and looks like he hurts his knee pretty bad. Uh, then he almost kills Kip Sabian. Uh, then I wrote here, oof, bunch of fucked up moves, Machka <laughs> kick and the accolade for the win. Uh, on Sunny Kiss. So uh, this match fell apart quick. Yes. Uh, <laughs> not, not the best debut. And boy, did the announcers try to settle it at the end. Like, what a dominating debut. Uh, <laughs> but it, it was not the best. It was not the best debut, unfortunately. What, what did you think of the opener? I'm in the same place. It just seemed so disjointed and uh, they didn't, they, I don't know if it's just maybe ring rust or something or he wasn't prepared, but things fell apart so quickly. Um, I only ended up giving it two stars. Um, but yeah, it just, I, I hope Miro gets better because I do think he's awesome, but this was not a great first viewing. No. Um, it was not. Uh, and a lot, and not even all of it was on him. Some of it was on him, but Sonny Kiss didn't look particularly good in this match either. I didn't think. Yeah. Um, I I went two stars as well. Grapple gave it one point nine two. So yep. 
there's always time to make a better first imp- or a better second impression, I guess. Uh, so as they are leaving, as Miro and Kip are leaving, Eddie Kingston storms out and says to leave the hard camera on. Says he wants to talk to the people at home and all the losers filling up the seats. Uh, says that if you don't like social media, if you don't like to be on it, they made an announcement on there, so he's letting you know what they said. It's him and Moxley tonight for the championship. He wasn't uh, thrown out of the Casino Battle Royal. He's earned this shot. And you know what else? 18 years says that he's earned this shot. Says that he and Mox were cut from the same cloth, but Moxley sold his soul to the devil to become an entertainer. While Eddie Kingston stayed with the fighters and the outlaws, he called Moxley out and Moxley charged out. They went nose to nose and then a bunch of officials pulled them apart. So I think this was sort of done because I'm guessing they had some sort of plan between Moxley and Archer to, to continue the setup for their match. But uh, after last week's Dynamite, when Lance Archer went home, he came in contact with somebody who was COVID positive and he also tested positive for it. So he's... Uh, staying home and quarantining until his match with uh, Moxley on the uh, the anniversary episode of Dynamite. So uh, I guess is like a makeup for this or whatever. Uh, they decided to put this title match in there and use the fact that Eddie Kingston was legitimately not thrown out of that Casino Battle Royal. So I love I like the they had to they had to do something really quick to make mm-hmm. it work and. Eddie Kingston very quickly made it personal and he's just awesome. But this is like the least awesome thing he did on the show because he was way, way, way more awesome later. Uh, <laughs> but I, I love this. Eddie Kingston continues to be great. Uh, breaking news, everyone. Right. Yeah. You put a mic in front of them and you're going to get something wonderful. So that's yep. the strength. It's a shame we didn't get the six man tag, but this is a really good pivot. Mm hmm. And it looked like uh, by the end of the show, they continued to tease that to a degree. So uh, Hangman Adam Page versus Evil Uno. Kenny Omega comes out uh, to do commentary again. So a running theme. And Excalibur notes that this, too, was offered as a tag team match. But Kenny Omega not only turned it down, but says that Kenny asked the ranking committee in AEW to remove Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega from the AEW tag team rankings. Because, you know, he's focusing on his singles career. And one thing that... Before I talk about the match, one more thing that stands out in the story with Kenny and his singles run is that it was finally also brought up this week by Jim Ross of when are you going to have your next singles match? And so far, the story is Kenny doesn't want to be in a team anymore, but he's not having singles matches. And Hangman Page has had like three singles matches on TV in a row, and he wins all of them. Uh, So there is something. There's something brewing there. Uh, So, again, you get your pretty standard back-and-forth match uh, where uh, Uno sort of gets the advantage over the course of a commercial break, but then when you come back, Page makes a comeback, hits a running shooting star for a two, but Uno hits a Senton Atomico off the top rope uh, to get a two-count as well. Uh, Page then comes back with a big flurry of offense, goes out to the apron, hits the buckshot lariat, and gets the win. And again, Kenny Omega seems... uh, vaguely like oh hmm good good job <laughs> uh so it's uh, they continue uh they continue along this path uh with with kenny and with hangman and uh i thought this was a good match what did you think i thought it was good as well i love um 
<laughs> I love that Kenny doesn't want to be in a tag team, but for some reason he comes out on commentary every week. Doesn't want to be associated with Paige, but will gladly sit <laughs> yes. there and talk crap on him. <laughs> yes, he will come out every week to sit and watch his match and and talk about him, and but then also make it very clear that he is a singles wrestler now, not interested in tag teams at all. Um, <laughs> I think that's awesome. The the it's great. Uh, the storytelling with that is just one of the best things. Mm-hmm. And um, since we are talking about Hangman match, we of course got to bring up his lower third this week. <laughs> apparently, um, apparently sticking with the long the pants. Long pants. That's right. <laughs> he's tried out these long pants uh, for gear, and apparently he's sticking with them. I love well, he's the lower thirds. I do too. He's well. He's a main event boy now. You know, you got to put on the long pants so you can become a main event boy. Yeah, those main event <laughs> pants got to have them. Um, um, I was a little bit, I mean, it was a good match, but I yes. think I was just a little bit underwhelmed because of how good his match with Kaz was the week before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up giving this a three. I felt like this whole episode was very middle of the road. Not, not crazy great, but yeah. Um, yeah, it was fine. I felt the same exact way. I thought this was good. I gave it three and the good folks over at Grapple 2.84. So a little behind us, but pretty close. Mm-hmm. All things considered. So Tony Schiavone is backstage. Well, this is a, a pre-taped interview from earlier in the day where he tried to get a hold of the Young Bucks, but only Matt Jackson would come out to speak with him. And he apologized, but not so well, about the Young Bucks' recent super kickings of Alex, uh, what's his name? And uh, that uh, that, <laughs> that uh, little tiny referee, Mike Poser, I think he called him. Uh <laughs> He, he tried he tried to be apologetic, but he did not come off very sincere. When Tony starts asking him about uh, FTR, Matt wants to avoid these questions. And when Tony will not avoid the FTR questions, uh, Matt grabs Tony's phone, busts it against the wall, and then just throws money at him. Uh, so, yeah, this is a weird heel turn. But, it's, you know, it's it's a heel turn for the Young Bucks, which is weird because FTR also heals. So not sure what's going on here exactly. It's the Sean Brett 97 situation. Oh, yeah, two yes. top teams being heels. Yes. Um, it, it, it did come off kind of weird to me, but I'm, I'm going to be cool with it for now because... I it's been so long mm-hmm. since we've seen the Bucks' heels just because yeah. everyone wants to rally behind them and support what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But I I would absolutely love it if they turned heel again. I think some of their best stuff was being heels in Ring of Honor in New Japan. So yeah. please yeah. bring it on. Yeah. Um then we get Brody Lee defending the AEW TNT championship against Orange Cassidy. And uh this match is all Brody Lee early on and through a commercial break as well. Uh, with Orange Cassidy kind of getting like flashes of of bits of things, but usually is cut off very quickly. He finally starts a comeback, although it doesn't end the prettiest because Orange Cassidy goes for like these. Uh, he tries to do the the satellite DDT, and their idea is they're going to do the satellite DDT, but Brody is going to hold him to prevent the DDT, but then try to pop him into the air and then have Orange Cassidy turn it into the Stun Dog Millionaire, but it doesn't quite work out. Uh, However, Orange Cassidy does hit a great-looking diving DDT and hits Brody Lee with a beach break, uh, which is pretty impressive uh, mm-hmm. to hit that dude up. And uh, that gets Orange Cassidy a two, but uh, Brody gets back up. Another flurry of offense from him, a huge discus clar- uh, lariat, and gets the win, retains the title 
Uh, before we talk about the post-match, what did you think of uh, Brody and Orange Cassidy? I thought it was kind of a weird pairing. Not that Orange Cassidy didn't um, deserve a title shot because he's been you know winning big matches and everything, but it kind of feels weird just to feed him to Brody Lee mm-hmm. um, like this and have him lose so clean. Uh, but you know that aside, I you know you can really tell Orange Cassidy's getting over. Uh, this is the first week where I've noticed this, but the fans were actually chanting his hometown and wait when they announced <laughs> it during the beginning of the match. Yes, whatever. <laughs> That's weird yeah. to hear a hometown and a weight chanted, but yeah. Exactly, but that's how much people love him. They want to have something to cling on to, and yes. you know, Orange Cassidy don't give you much because he's just there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I thought the match was pretty good. Once again, another kind of middle-of-the-road match for me. I ended up just giving it three stars. Yep, I felt the same way. I, I was kind of expecting a little bit more out of this one, but yes. uh, just because I know Brody is such a good base and Orange Cassidy is such a can be such like a really good flyer, but they didn't do a ton of that in this match. Uh, I landed at three stars as well. Grapple giving it a 3.03. <laughs> so perfect. Uh, well, I mean, perfectly aligned with us anyway. Not a perfect score, but... Post-match, the lights dim, Nick, and the music (laughs) plays, and because everybody recognizes what music this is, and because it takes a long time for him to come out sometimes, uh, the announcers had to be like, look, guys, uh, until anything happens, it's just music, and Excalibur's like, this could be a ploy by the Dark Order, but it is not. Well, I mean, maybe, because Cody Rhodes comes out, but he is not regular Cody Rhodes anymore. He is Dark Cody Rhodes, or uh, as I would like to coin now, E Modi Rhodes, uh, because he is—he's in all black. His hair is black. He looks very sad and angry, and he kicks the shit out of the Dark Order. So even though he looks like he might be able to join the Dark Order, apparently he is not in the Dark Order. Um, and this actually leads directly into a pretty goddamn great promo by Brody Lee backstage where he <laughs> chastises Cody and I mean and this is like straight out of like the 1980s pro wrestling like he is gasping for air you can hear the rasp in his voice every time he takes a breath he is yelling he is sweating he says that he keeps saying what kind of man he says uh, he's asking what kind of man is Cody Brody says that since he's won the title, Cody's been gone for five weeks and Brody's been here doing the work, uh, which is, you know, Cody's phrase or whatever. And then he says that his wife is on Instagram posting thirst traps and calling him daddy. He challenges him to a dog collar match and then quotes Johnny Cash and says, well, he paraphrases Johnny Cash and says, sooner or later, Brody Lee is going to cut you down. I thought that was pretty fucking great. It was. Yeah. Uh, I agree with the comparison of it being very old school because, man, he was just sweating buckets. Yeah. Just (laughs) screaming and shouting. I don't know how he managed to cut this coherent promo. But if this were the 1980s, it would have just been like yelling and screaming. Uh, It would have been on the verge of like Ultimate Warrior territory. But uh, Brody would have been working on top with Hogan with this kind of promo. (laughs) (laughs) Your wife Linda is sending me images in the in the mail, sending me thirst traps, sending me Polaroids. Polaroids. <laughs> she writes "Daddy" on the back. 
Um, <laughs> God. Uh, so Matt Hardy and uh, Private Party come out. Uh, this was pretty awkward. I don't know what was going on with Matt Hardy here, but he's trying to discern who sneak attacked him. And then he says that Jericho is the prime suspect. So far, I'm not digging any of this. Um, and then he sort of gets tongue-tied, and then he calls out Chris Jericho. And Jericho comes out. It was Matt Hardy's birthday when this episode aired, and Chris Jericho mockingly says, Happy birthday, Matt, and then says, No one gives a shit. Uh, how mean. Uh, I'm sure some people give a shit. I'm sure young Maxwell gives a shit, but... Um, Apparently, Chris Jericho does not. Uh, <laughs> he's mad because of what Matt Hardy did to Sammy Guevara. He says, who knows when we'll see him again? Who knows when he will return? And then he just stops mid-sentence and says, oh, I'm lying. He's back right now. And then Sammy Guevara comes out and they celebrate with him. Uh, so funny. I <laughs> I loved it. Um, Jericho says it wasn't him. If he attacked Matt Hardy, he would have done it to his face so Matt could see him smiling the whole time and enjoying it. Then Private Party jump in. They cut kind of okay promos at Chris Jericho, and Isaiah Cassidy challenges Jericho to a match next week on Dynamite. So this was kind of all over the place, but Jericho really saved it, I thought. Sure. It was kind of awkward, and... uh Cassidy throwing down the late champion bitch. I feel like that was used before. Did did Scorpio Sky use that before? Mm-hmm. Or I, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of recycled. Like it's you want to get a big reaction out of people, just call them a bitch, and it's like, eh, it's yeah, kind of lazy to me, you know. <laughs> uh, we're back from the break. Tony Schiavone is in the ring with FTR and Tully Blanchard. Tully says uh, that there are new fans, thousands of new fans watching every single week. And they deserve a chance to get to see the greatest tag team in pro wrestling and says that because of this, from now on, the championship matches are normally 60 minute time limit matches. But for television, they will only be 20 minute time limits and FTR gets to pick the challengers. So this way, the fans, all these new fans get to see FTR on the regular and uh, I believe uh, Dax called it a 20 minute brush with greatness. And yes. Tully Blanchard also says uh, there's a, another another addendum to this, that if the match goes to a draw, then FTR gets a check mark in the win column. So if the other team cannot beat them and the match goes to a draw, FTR still gets a victory. And they announced that SCU will be the first team in this challenge. And they note that uh, best friends might be able to get a shot, but he's not really sure. They did get a win last week, but that match was more of a backyard wrestling match than a real wrestling match, which brings out the the best friends. They want this match now, this 20-minute time limit match. Dax wants the match, but Cash says, look, it's not fair to best friends. They're not 100% from last week, and it just wouldn't be right. So they're not going to do the match right now. And Chuck Taylor calls them weenies. Not once, but twice, Nick. <laughs> this is so funny. This is, to me, there's like this ongoing behind the scenes in Chuck Taylor's head storyline where Chuck Taylor wants to say shit on TNT so bad, but instead he's regressing and his insults are getting more infantile every time. <laughs> he's getting further and further away from saying shit. Now he's saying weenies. He's gonna, he's gonna, this is all gonna culminate with them getting the tag belts. And when it does happen, he's, he's gonna say, gonna Holy say shit. Yes. Yep. 
He's going to be like, look, mom, I did it. This feels good <laughs> as shit, Tony Schiavone. Uh, I can't wait. Uh, up next, we get Ivelisse and Diamante teaming up against the NWA Women's Champion, Thunder Rosa, and the AEW Women's Champion, Hikaru Shida. So, again, pretty standard back-and-forth tag team match. Again, into a break. Again, with the heels in charge. Again. But they mix it up a little bit, coming back from the break, uh, where Sheeta starts making a comeback, but eats a knee from Thunder Rosa during the comeback, and then almost loses to Ivelisse as a result. Diamante tries to hit the Yoshi Tonic on Sheeta, but Thunder Rosa comes in and picks her right off of Sheeta's back, hits her with a DVD, and Sheeta hits her with a Falcon Arrow for a close two, but Ivelisse breaks it up. Uh, Thunder Rosa dispatches of Ivelisse, and uh, Sheeta hits the Tomashi knee strike on Diamante for the win. Uh, what did you think? So this one, unfortunately, I cannot rate because uh, the TNT app is so great. Oh, um, no. I, watched, I know, right? While I was watching it live, it kept cutting out, and I had to like exit and go back in, mm-hmm. and I got back finally in time during the Mox and Kingston match. But I've tried several times this week to go back in and watch it, that's how good their app is, that I can't go back, load up a portion of the show mm-hmm. without seeing a million commercials and then it failing on me again. So yeah. this match gets zero stars from me, mainly for the TNT app, not because of the women. Aww. Uh Well, let me tell you something. Uh, this match would probably, I mean, you seem pretty on board with me for uh, most of the show, and you'd probably be on board with me here with this one as well. Uh, this was actually good. Uh, they had a good match. Uh, they all worked pretty well together. Everything kind of flowed together pretty well. Uh, Thunder Rosa, uh, her face paint this week, or because she always has like half face paint. Usually it's a like a skull or something. Uh, yeah, like but, sugar skull. Yeah, but this, uh, yeah, sugar skull. But this week, uh, it was Road Warrior Animals face paint because he passed away uh, unexpectedly yeah. the other day. So that was really cool. Uh, and they had a good match. I gave it three stars, and Grapple gave it two point eight three. So they had a good match. Uh, So you didn't jump back in until the Moxley Kingston match. Right. Which means you missed the best thing on the show. And I loved the main event. But this was the best thing on the show. So uh, backstage, Chris Jericho is accepting Isaiah Cassidy's challenge. He's trashing him. He's talking about how Isaiah Cassidy always like wants to dole out shots, shots, shots. Well, the only shots he's going to feel are the left and the right hand of Chris Jericho, the demo god, the million, what was it, the million viewer man, or whatever his new uh, catchphrase is. And then MJF walks up to Chris Jericho. And when I say they love on each other, it's it's tremendous. Look, Nick, you haven't seen this. I mean, you can either go back and listen to it or you can just listen to to the beginning of this podcast because this is what I'm putting at the beginning of this podcast. (laughs) They love on each other back and forth. It's they're so tremendous. And then all of a sudden they stop. And at the same time, they say, so why did you call me a loser to each other? (laughs) And then they Jericho's like this is when you called me a loser and MJF is like this is when you called me a loser and MJF is like no 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 I would never call you a loser I was talking about your limo driver he's such a terrible driver and then Jericho at first is apprehensive but he's like yeah you know what he is a horrible driver and I wasn't calling you a loser either I was calling Tony Schiavone a loser and then they both laughed about how Tony Schiavone is a loser 
Uh, and at the end, they were best heel friends again. This was fucking awesome. I love these two so much. It's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> this was the highlight of the show. And I, again, really love the main event. Um, they ran down some matches for next week, uh, including Britt Baker in action. They also announced uh, the uh, the tag team titles in the 20-minute Brush with Greatness Challenge FTR against uh, SCU. Uh, then we get the main event, John Moxley versus Eddie Kingston for the AEW World Championship. Uh, so the beginning of this match was your standard pro wrestling match, your, your feeling out process, uh, your mm-hmm. grappling and such. Uh, but then they get the eventual push up against the ropes and then Eddie pie faces him and John pie faces him back. And then they mm-hmm. slap each other. And then holy fuck, Eddie Kingston starts chopping John Moxley yes. and he thunderous chops. Like he is just smashing this man's chest with his palm. And uh, I, yeah, I wrote holy fuck Eddie's chops, then slug fest then they brawl to the floor that happened that continues on during a commercial break back from the break and they are still battering each other moxley hits a pile driver on kingston but kingston puts his foot on the rope to break up the pin moxley gets hit with a power bomb by eddie for a two uh at this point they get back up to their feet and they start hitting each other again they start exchanging chops and i just wrote eddie's selling is unreal yes like holy shit like the look of anguish on this man's face is incredible. Um, he hits Moxley with a backdrop driver, but Mox pops right the fuck back up. So Eddie hits him with a second one and gets a two count. And then Eddie goes for his spinning back fist, but Moxley blocks it, locks in a rear naked choke, and then transitions it into the bulldog choke to uh, force Eddie Kingston to pass out. And Moxley retains, I wrote, fan fucking tastic match. So I yes. I really like the main event. Yeah, uh, it was a da- damn good main event, man. Mm-hmm. I uh, and I love the ending. I love that Eddie Kingston can now talk trash and said, "I didn't give up. I passed out." You know, it's mm-hmm. not the same. I could beat the world champion. You know, I just I got caught in a in a compromised position. Yep. So I, I imagine we'll get a great promo out of this where Kingston talks about how he should get another shot or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, great great match love the striking contest in this i ended up giving it about 3.5 stars yeah i uh and yeah i can totally see kingston coming out and being like you know you couldn't pin me you couldn't even make me submit you had to damn near squeeze the life out of my body every last breath out in order to beat me um like he'll give him credit but then you know be like you couldn't pin my shoulders to the mat you couldn't force me to tap out or anything like that um that that allows eddie to save some face and yeah, just holy shit. I love this match. I gave it three and three quarters. I thoroughly enjoyed this. Uh, but Grapple, they went 3.49. So they are right on right on point with you, sir. Uh, but I loved, I loved this match. So post-match, the Kingston family, well, minus Butcher and the Blade. It's just, uh, you know, Death Triangle minus Pac plus Eddie Kingston. Uh, Pentagon and Phoenix, they come out to jump Mox. Then Big Will Hobbs comes out to make the save, but he gets laid out by a double super kick. Darby Allen comes back to chase off uh, the Kingston family when he is speared out of his shoes by Ricky Starks. And uh, Taz comes out and uh, there's just brawling and fighting everywhere. Kingston gets back on Mox and is choking the life out of him. And... uh, 
and then uh, Ricky Starks hits Darby Allen with uh, Rochambeau. So they announced uh, Ricky Starks and Darby Allen for next week as well, earlier on in the show. So a uh, big chaotic ending to the show. Uh, the show and uh, yeah, pretty bland for the most part throughout the show, but it ended really strong. I thought. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, I think that's a wrap, sir. Is that everything? I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Normally we talk about normally we talk about how I didn't watch AEW Dark, but I forgot that AEW Dark <laughs> even existed. It's been too long since I've watched it, so <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to mention I haven't watched AEW Dark this week. Um, I think there's still talk. I think there's still talk of a second show happening, but um, I haven't heard any. I haven't heard anything come from that yet. So, but you know, the uh, only thing I can think of yeah. that we didn't mention this week was the wonderful uh, <laughs> meme worthy meme worthy moment where John Silver grabbed the TNT title, stood on the apron, and Brody Lee got pissed at him. <laughs> oh yes. Yes, they continued. John Silver is awesome. I mean, and the stuff on uh, I, I I need to catch up on uh, on on being the elite because I think I saw um, like a, a screen cap for one of the latest episodes where Trent's mom is with the Dark Order, and I need to see what the fuck happened there. So um, maybe they tried to recruit her into the Dark Order. I'm not sure, but uh, I I need to check that out right away. Uh, all right, so that's the podcast for this week, everybody. Head on over to cinemageekly.com where you can check out the archives of the show. And of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Just search for The Elitists. Hit subscribe. That way you can come back next time to hear us talk about more AEW Dynamite on TNT. Featuring FTR defending the AEW Tag Team Championships against SCU. SCU.